Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Who has meted out heaven with the span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord or being his counselor hath taught him? With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed him the way of understanding? It is a pleasure to welcome you here this morning to worship service. To be in your presence is exhilarating. The Spirit of God lives inside of us, and we are all together here this morning, and I can feel it. If someone is watching this now over our live stream or later i feel it in the air it is here i think that that spirit is so powerful that you sitting at home can feel it as well it's in the room and i am amazed i am i am truly amazed we today are here to worship god in spirit and in truth, I say again, who has directed the Spirit of the Lord? We look around us, and our earth is in turmoil. In our adult Sunday school class, we've been studying the revelation of Jesus Christ. We can open up the book and see what's to come. We don't know when exactly but we know what's coming. We can look around our earth. We can see governments uh, fighting each other for power, people disagreeing. But we can also look around our earth and see that the order of God still stands. Unless he comes, there's going to be a harvest of the crops. There's still air for us to breathe. I stand here before you held onto this earth by gravity. Everything that he set in place is still in order. And uh, all the governments of men are a mess. So turn your Bibles to Isaiah 40. That's where I was reading out of there at the beginning. In verse 15, let's, let's keep reading. Knowing what we face in our world. Verse 15. Behold, the nations are as a drop of the bucket and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor the beast thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing and they are counted to him less than nothing in vanity. To whom then will you liken God, or what likeness will you compare unto him? These past few days, a lot of you have testified to me of the Spirit of God. And I am compelled this morning to stand before you and testify of that same spirit in my life. 
I think it connects us. I think that God's order is perfect. And we can rest in that spirit. We need to call out to that spirit. I stand before you because of that spirit. So to whom will you liken God? Let's back up a few verses. Verse number 10. Verse 9 ends, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. To whom will you liken God? Here where he's likened to a shepherd. We can count on that. But when you look around, if you get concerned about a certain government putting a certain restriction on you, he will come with a strong hand. This is our God. This is, he sent his son Jesus. He cleansed us with his blood. His spirit lives inside us. Let it out. Tell somebody about it. I feel like we should pray. Sheldon, I'm going to ask you to pray. Would you request that we pray for anything specifically? Cephas. Pray for Cephas's father. Pastor No is in the hospital, tested positive with COVID. Pray that God will heal him. David. Pray for Brother Jerry Priest as he is preparing his heart to bring a message of good coming up in a few days. Pray for Brother Jerry Priest coming to bring revival meeting messages. Let's pray, Sheldon. Second Timothy chapter one. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee, by the putting on of my hands. 
For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death, and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Wherefore I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Hold fast the form of sound words, which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee keep by the Holy Ghost, which dwelleth in us. And I think we'll stop reading there. Most of you remember the sad story in our recent history of the Shiloh church in our neighborhood being engulfed with fire and burnt to the ground. I think it was June the 18th, Friday evening. In fact, we canceled a meeting here at church because of the ferocious storms that was in our region. Turbulence like we don't see real often. Twisters were sighted in the air. Fortunately, they hadn't touched down. Just about a mile up the road from where Lisa and I live, in fact, we were in our basement that evening for a little while, but around 8 o'clock p.m. that Friday evening, the Shiloh Church was struck with a powerful bolt of lightning. Unbeknown to all of us. The authorities told us later that lightning had, had stricken that, that church and it did not burst into fire immediately, but the um, fire retardant insulation began to smolder and grow and smolder and grow until that attic probably became a, an entire bed of coals. And it wasn't until 5.30 or 6 o'clock the next morning as that hot bed of coals finally burnt through the, the vinyl eave of that meeting house. And as soon as there was a little bit of air, that entire church house burst into flames. The neighbor man, the farmer, actually the, the owner of that property at one time happened to be outside, I think it was before 6 o'clock in the morning, and he saw smoke coming out of the eaves, 
and he immediately calls 911, and while he was on the phone, when she asked him if he saw flames, he first said no, and then he said yes, and within a few moments, within a few minutes, he said, the entire church house was engulfed in flames and in less than an hour, totally destroyed. To us, that's a sad story, especially to the Shiloh congregation because they had worked so hard to build that building just a year or two ago. But when I went up there and I actually visited with some of the congregation that afternoon, there was a fire within that congregation that far surpassed the fire of that building. And that's what Paul is writing to Timothy about here in verses 6 and 7. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. And as I have studied some of the original language of this verse this week, that's exactly what it means. It means to stir up the smoldering coals into a flame of fire. You know what happens when, when a fire dies down into a, flame, into a bed of coals? The fire is not completely gone. The heat is there. But when you stir up that flame or that bed of coals, oftentimes, immediately, it bursts into flames. Paul is writing to Timothy here to stir up the gift of God that is in you by the putting on of my hands. He's referring back to the time, and I may have touched on this a little bit Friday evening in Acts chapter 16, when Paul and Silas chose Timothy to be a young minister and to travel with them, and they laid hands upon him and ordained him into the ministry. He's referring back to that time when that gift was placed within him. Timothy is now at Ephesus in a troubled church. and Paul, or, Yes, Paul is writing to Timothy to stir up that gift, that smoldering bed of coals. Stir it up and let that fire burn within you. That gift that was given of God to you and that now dwells in you. He is specifically referring to the same gift that Brother Kidron opened with this morning, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this is, this is not only applicable. I believe the Word of God is preserved down through the ages for us today. It is not only applicable to those that it was written to specifically in that era, probably about A.D. 63 or so. This is one of the last uh, writings but it is applicable to us today. And, and I believe that the Word is speaking to us today. I too, like Kidron, feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in this room this morning. And it, it goes far beyond just this room. But I sense within us a bed of hot coals. Not just collectively, but lying within every breast of every believer present today. 
and those that may be listening, a bed of hot coals in your breast, and it is ready to be ignited by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I've felt it all week. We assembled here Monday evening in prayer. I met with two or three individuals in recent times. I have felt a smoldering bed of hot coals, and that's not discouraging. It's not meaning that the the fire is going out. It's meaning that it is laying in waiting to burst forth into flames. And I think God is wanting to ignite this congregation maybe like we've never seen. I can feel it. Paul is writing to Timothy, take this bed of hot coals, and just like that attic at Shiloh Church House, I can, I, when the authorities told us that, that afternoon that that attic was probably like a bed of hot coals, I pictured it in my mind because I've been in a lot of attics in my profession through the years. And, and you're stepping through that blown-in insulation, usually dry and dusty. And I just pictured all of that insulation turning red at some point. I don't know how long that that church house is, 100 feet by 40, 60 feet, a bed of hot coals that thick, laying there smoldering and burning and getting redder and redder and redder. Is that a word? Just about ready to ignite. And as soon as God breathed on that, it burst into flames. And I sense a bed of hot coals in you, young brother, young sister, older brother and older sister, those of you that have just been called into a position of ministry here in this congregation, but every one of us sitting here, you young people, God is working within your hearts and in your breast, and there's a bed of coals in your heart, and God is breathing. God is breathing on you. And He is about to ignite you. Stir up the gift of God that is within you. That is speaking about the indwelling gift of the Holy Ghost. And He makes Himself manifest in different ways. This is what God has given you. And we can go to many different scriptures and get many different gifts, many different things. But here, Paul specifically points out this gift of the Holy Spirit which comes in the form of power, comes in the form of love, comes in the form of a sound mind. Stir it up. Don't let it smolder and die out. Stir it up into a flame of fire. Power. Make no mistake, when we talk about the power of God within us, make no mistake, we are not God. We will never possess all of His power. We will never um, channel it in exactly the same way and ability that God can. Only He can do that. 
but as He works in us, I believe we have access to that same power. And the only thing that limits that power is ourself. And it can be as big and powerful as you make it, as you allow it, I should say. It is His power working in us. And it is great. And it is given us. Notice that word given. Verse 7. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Given. And it goes on in... Uh, I don't get my eye on it. Later in this chapter it speaks about God giving. The Holy Spirit in the form of power is a gift from God. It is given to us. It's not something that we earn. It's not something that we uh, can manufacture ourselves. God has given us power, His power. And Paul is saying here, don't let it smolder and die out, but rather as it's smoldering within your breast, stir it up, stir it up, and allow it to burst into a flame of burning fire for Him. The Greek word for this word power, many of you know, is dynamis. And in this setting, it specifically means here a specific miraculous power in ability, abundance, might, and strength. I'm going to repeat that. The meaning of this word power right here, God has given you power, and it means a specific miraculous power and ability. That means you are not able of yourself, but as verse 12 says, He is able within you. Ability, abundance. That word abundance means no limits. No limits. Again, the only limitation to the power of God working in our uh, lives and in our hearts is our own self. With God's power, there is no limit. Stir it up. Might and strength. We see the greatness of the power of God the most when we are the weakest. When, when we get to the end of our strength, that's when we see His greatness and His power. Most of you have experienced that in some form or another. You've been there the last two weeks. You have. Many of you have. And yet, in, this, in, the, in spite of our weakness... Haven't we felt His power the last few days? Stir it up. My encouragement to you, every one of us, we have seen His power. We have felt His strength in spite of our weakness. My encouragement to all of us is let's keep it stirring.
Stir it up within you. Let it flame. Let it burn. The Greek word is dynamis. Now, as it gets translated, the Latin word for this word dynamis is energeria. Now, that's where we get our English word then, energy. You see, there's three types of power, three main types of power. We deal with it in our profession, stored power. Think of a battery. Think of big batteries. Think of a battery bank. Stored power. Again, let me remind you, brother and sister, those of you who have placed your faith in Jesus Christ and named His name, you have stored power. The Holy Spirit, as Brother Kidron said, is a gift to you. That power is within you. Yes, in the midst of our doubts, in the midst of our wonderments, in the midst of our weakness, that stored power is within you. It is a fact, it is a promise of life. Stored power. But it gets better. There's another type of power we call potential power. Think of a generator. With a generator, and we... Our company sells all sizes of generators. You picture a hunk of steel, an electronic control system, and a full tank of fuel. As that generator sets there in the off position, there is within itself absolutely no power. There is no power at all within itself. But there is potential. That generator is potential power. That's just an example. You flip the switch. That generator starts. And there is power available. Within your breast, God sees potential. God has given you the gift of the Holy Spirit within you. And let me remind you again, that is a great power that comes in strength and abundance that only He can supply. God sees in you when you feel no power at all, He sees potential. But it gets better. The third type of power we call working power. Stored power, potential power, and working power. That's actually the Greek meaning of this word dynamis. It's not stored power. It's not potential power. It is working power. We would call it amperage. It is flowing power. It is power at work flowing in us, and through us. Paul says to Timothy, a young pastor, possibly at Ephesus, possibly in a, in a struggling and troubled congregation, Paul writes to this young pastor and he says, stir up this gift that is within you, that of power. And that word power means 
working power. I won't take the time. You could go to uh, Ephesians chapter 3, and it speaks, Paul says, I am a minister because of the power that God has given in me. And that word power is the same power, dunamis. It is, in fact, I'm going to turn there. You don't really have to. It says, Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power. And that's the phrase I wanted. That is the power that lies within us. The effectual working of His power. Dunamis. Or in Latin, it means energeria. Or in English, it means energy. It means energy. And, and I, I feel like Paul is writing to Timothy. I feel like my burden today is the very fact that we have an energy among us, a Holy Spirit energy that is lying, smoldering possibly, but red hot as can be, and when God breathes upon us, it will burst into a flame. And I see that among some of you here, and I sense it among all of you, that God will ignite that fire into a flame, into a working energy. Okay, and so that's not an uncontrolled thing. In some ways it might be, but God will channel it and use it into a working energy that will flow out to others. Power. God has given you power. Stir it up. Don't let it die. Of love. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. And that's not really, the fear is not really the subject today, but let it be uh, stamped on your heart this morning. God has not given you that gift. God has not given you fear. Fear, this kind of fear, is not of God. God has not given you fear, but He has given you power and love, it says here. It's hard to say what the most important gift from God is. The Bible is loaded with what God gives us. But I'm convinced that the gift of love has to rank among the top, if not the most important. The Bible says in in the epistle of John, chapter 4, God is love. For God is love. In this was manifest the love of God towards us. So God is love. That love is made known towards us because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Herein is love. Okay, so this is the definition. This is... This is what love is in us, that we loved God, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. 
Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath sent God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we. Okay, so John is saying, know this. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he dwells in us, because he has given, there's that word again, he has given us the Holy Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Verse 16 says, And we have known and believed the love of God hath to us. God is love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. This is the gift of agape. The gift of agape to us. God is love. God has given us his agape. And that agape dwells in us through the Holy Spirit. That's what we just read. And so it is the exact same principle as we talked about with power. God gives us His power, and it comes in abundance. It comes in might. It comes in strength. It comes in ability. The same power of God dwells in us. It's the same way with the gift of love. God is love. God is love. And He has given us that love through Jesus Christ and that agape dwells within us through His Holy Spirit. It's the same love. It's not a different love. It is the same love. And the more we yield ourselves to that Spirit, the more that love becomes manifest and becomes a working love in and through us. Maybe I'm not making that as clear as what I'm feeling at this morning. But God's gift to us comes in power and it comes in love. And we have seen that. I have seen that in you. I also saw it the other evening. It, I told Lisa as we sat there the other evening, I didn't cry until the end. My emotions were high all evening. But when I shed a tear, it was when I saw these two older brethren, I say older because older than what these younger couples were, these two men didn't even know those two couples. They had to ask who they were. And yet it touched me greatly when I saw them give the kiss of charity, and I saw them, actually later they came through with their wives and they embraced these two couples, and they loved on them. And that touched me more than the whole rest of the evening because I saw their love. A man from Michigan, a man from Indiana, who didn't even know these two younger couples, and they loved on them. That may look little to a lot of people, but to me, 
is a miracle in itself. Stir up the gift of love. What I'm saying is, you saw it, you felt it in many different ways, not just Friday evening. That's just an example. You see it and feel it a lot of times in a lot of different ways. But when you are discouraged and you're feeling that love being smoldering, stir it up. Don't let that die. Whatever you're feeling in the last few days, stir it up. Let it burst into a flame of fire. The love of God is powerful. In fact, the Gospels say that's how people know that we are a child of God is because of the love of God within us. Stir it up. Stir up this gift of agape. The gift of a sound mind. Again, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 says... Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That simply means self-control. It means discipline. I see this as, okay, we spoke about God's great power in abundance. All power that is of God dwells within us. We have access to that same power. We have that same access to that great agape love. God also gives us the gift of a sound mind, of self-control, of discipline, to channel that in our lives. I realize that we are in the flesh. We do not always exercise perfectly in the gift of the Spirit, of power and love, and of a sound mind. Sometimes we get fleshy. Sometimes we get selfish. Sometimes we get angry. Sometimes we even yield to sin. But let's realize and be reminded again that God has given us these gifts of Himself and we need to fan it. We need to stir it. Stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear. And again, that's not really the message today, but if you've been dwelling on fear more than you've been dwelling on God's gift within you, then let me remind you, God has not, I underline that in my Bible, God has not given us the spirit of fear. But, 
of power, of love, and a sound mind. And it goes on here. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Now I know, though I'm not a real deep student, I do like word studies. And this phrase, according to, I've made it a purpose as I've studied through the scriptures oftentimes to underscore that phrase, according to. And what we, we use that word, uh, that phrase a lot, but we take it for granted. What that really is, is that's the link that ties the two. Okay? So Paul is saying here that we endure afflictions according to the power of God. That is the link that ties the, our afflictions with the power of God. Verse 9, who has saved us and called us. God has equipped us with what we need to exercise in His holy calling. That's what that's saying. According to, not according to our works, but according to, and there's that link again, according to His own purpose and grace. Okay? So God has saved us. God has called us. Brothers, God has called you. God has called all of us, not according to our own works. God has not linked our calling and our salvation with our own works. God has linked it according to, He has linked it by His own power and by His, it says, verse 9, by His own purpose. God has saved you and God has called you according to His own purpose and grace, which He has given us, there's that word given, in Christ Jesus before the world began, and is now made manifest or made known by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ. Now get this, verse 10, who has abolished death. That means He has completely done away with spiritual death when we come to Him in faith believing. He hath brought life and He has brought immortality to light through the gospel. He goes on, verse 11, wherein too I am appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. And he, again, the verses we read in, in Ephesians, that same phrase, he has appointed Paul to be a preacher, and, he, and there he said, according to the effectual working of his power. So when we are called to preach, teach, or share the gospel, all of you, it is according to the power of God. That's the link. Nevertheless, verse 12, I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed.
Paul is saying, I am not ashamed of the sufferings of Christ. I am not ashamed of the testimony of Jesus Christ. Paul was confident in Christ because he knew that Christ was faithful and that he would keep him. I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. I know expresses the confidence and the certainty that Paul had in Jesus Christ. I know whom. That's another word that I I actually circled it in my Bible. Because Paul's emphasis was not on the what, it was on the whom. I am persuaded. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded. I know whom. I am persuaded in the whom. Jesus Christ is the focus. Whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep. When you are down, when you are low, when your coals are smoldering, focus on the ability of God, not your own ability. And focus on the keeping power of God. God's ability and God's keeping power. Because that is a coal that will never go out. Stir it up within you. God is able when I am not, and God can keep me together when I am totally falling apart. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him against that day. I see this picture. I don't know how accurate it is. I see God giving it to us. And I see us rededicating or committing it to Him. And when we do what He has given us, He will keep and work through us, and that will not die out. God has given you a gift, my brother. My brother, all of you, God has given you a gift. And it may be at times a hotbed of coals. But God can work in and through you and as you stir that. And I don't know how that stirring may be, but we know that when we pray to God... We get stirred up, and we know when we read God's Word, we get stirred up. I can't really go much beyond that. I know there's other ways that men get all fired up. But I'm suggesting this morning that if you feel like your uh, bed of coals is, is dying out, read God's Word and spend time in prayer. That's probably the best advice that I can give when you're feeling low, discouraged, or growing cold. Stir it up with God's Word and by communicating to Him in prayer. Hold fast 
the form of sound words, which thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep it by the power of the Holy Ghost which dwells in you. Verse 14. Stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of power, the spirit of agape, and the spirit of self-control, a sound mind. May God bless you. Let's have a song.